You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Today, I am joined... <clears throat> Excuse me. I am joined with J- joined by Gabe and Travis of Enterprise Earth. That took a mouth. That was a mouthful to get out there, guys. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. I'm a little disappointed, Gabe. I was really hoping you would call me from your um, reclusive van in the desert, studio van awesome. in the desert. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to let you down. Yeah, we're calling you from our German hotel room here in Europe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys? You guys just yeah. showed up there, right? Like you're you're about to do it your um, European tour, right? Yeah, we just uh, we just got to the hotel like five hours ago, something like that. Four hours ago. Awesome. So um, yeah, well, we're jet lagged. Uh, I puked the plane, so I'm just nauseous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The airline lost our basis base, and we're trying to find that right now. So it's fucking welcome to tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy day today to uh, sit down with me, even though you've run into a couple snags. So that's that's a bummer. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're happy to be here. What happens when uh, the base isn't recovered? You just find like a different base. You have to like borrow a base or or just. Uh, so like our plan B right now, if the airline doesn't find it by tonight, uh, we have to probably go to the closest music store that has the base that we need and go buy a fucking base. Mm. Uh, so yes, yeah. that's, that's where we're at. Where our plan, if we do not hear from the airline in the next four hours, we have to take a train to Cologne tomorrow and buy a, buy a base. Never ends, like you said. Life on tour, right? Yes, the, the, it's tour. Tour is slang for when shit goes wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we always say like like the tour officially starts when something bad happens, yeah. and we started before the first show, so hey. we're doing good. So it's going to be a great time out there. How long you guys are out there for? Quite a bit, right? Like a couple weeks. Yeah, we ha- we have thirty one shows in a row out here starting Friday. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be a long one. Like no yeah, no like, days off. Consecutive run of shows that I've ever done yeah. in my like, like nine years yeah. of touring now. Yeah, no days off. No, yeah. not not a one. No. Who booked that? Whose idea was that? <laughs> I mean, I I guess I guess suffocation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, suffocation. Yeah. Being death metal legends and being like, yeah, fuck it, we don't need days off. I don't get it. They're like fucking fifty and they don't want any days off. They're crazy. Like, yeah. But... <laughs> that is kind of nuts, man. I'm, I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be real with you. But I guess you know Europe is so kind of not close together, but everything is relatively easy to get to. It's not like you're taking like sixteen hour drives from Texas to California or somewhere like that. I, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. You would. You have the itinerary, so. Yeah, everything's relatively close, and then I, the reason why you see a lot of tours of this size like have very little to no days off is just the financial logistics. You know, we're all we're paying for a bus every day, so every mm. day you're not playing show, you're spending money on a bus, and a lot of people do it that way just to make money. Um, but personally, I would sacrifice that money for <laughs> at least two days off. Yeah, on this tour. one or two. Yeah, just two, even one would be huge. 
So. Yeah, a month long a month long go at it just seems like oof, daunting. Yeah, very daunting. Yeah, forty five minutes of like nonstop playing for thirty one days is like it doesn't. It, I feel like it doesn't seem like that much to most people, but like it's a lot, man. Yeah, well, there's so much more that goes into it too. I mean, there's the there's the travel between venues, which is you know consu- time consuming, and you know you can't sleep everywhere and anywhere and there's other things to get ready for the show. You have to get this ready. You have to oh, go yeah. find the base. You got to get this, you got to do that. So there's a lot of things that are, that take part in that off time of those 45 minutes, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot, but we're stoked to be here regardless. So how, how was the flight? How long was the flight over there? Uh, so we had, so I, I, I live in like rural Colorado. So we had to drive four hours to get to Denver airport to fly. So I drove four hours, and then we had two flights, one to Munich, and then a short flight to here here to Dusseldorf. So it was about 24 hours of straight traveling. Mm. How daunting is that, just in general? It sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of those things that you just, like, like, you just try to mentally prepare for it as best you can, but, yeah. like, there's only so much that you can do about it. Yeah. You just, like, kind of accept the misery once the misery starts, and then... <laughs> wait until you are able to walk off the last plane yeah and and that that's always the worst part is the travel like once the travel's over it's like cool we're here for a month everything's it, once every once you get in the flow it's just like any other tour yeah. but and then it it's the coming home as well is also pain oh yeah that, but yeah but you're looking forward uh, to being home but you're not looking forward to the all day worth of travel right yeah yeah, yeah. I just came. I just flew back from New York this past weekend. We went to New York to see the Poison the Well shows there, and uh, oh. I am not a fan of flying. But luckily, it wasn't that bad of a flight there and back. You know what I mean? I'm not too bad. I did catch a little bug. I don't know. I got sick from being up there. It was like 17 degrees, and then you're in a room with a bunch of dudes that are just you know sniffing yeah. each other. It's a whole thing, man. I, so I got a little cough, a little sniffles cough after I got back. But I'm I'm kicking it now, so that's good. Yeah, I feel like I get sick like once a tour and it's only ever for like a few days, but it's always after like the first week of shows mm. of just everybody's sweat and spit and like just germs flying around fucking everywhere. Yep. And then my body's like, oh, we haven't been used to this for the last three months. Let's freak out for four days. <laughs> and then, yeah, but hopefully it's not the case this time because usually like, I mean, like obviously U.S. tours will have like at least one day of rest somewhere within the mm-hmm. first like 14 days. But this one, there will be no rest for sick days. So mm-hmm. we yeah. got to so, iron hey. immune yeah. willing it into existence. Yeah. I was going to say good luck on trying to, you know, just get through the whole 30, 30, 31 days of just, you know, stretching yourself to the limits and being healthy. So that's going to be a task. Yes. <laughs> and it's extra tricky on these Euro tours of the size. Cause all four bands share the same bus. Mm. So there's, literally 23 people on one bus so if someone gets ill there's a high odds that it can spread and circulate and wow. all that stuff but it's just yeah. the nature of the beast so so is that something that's normal when you guys head over um when you guys do europe uh to bus it up or is that just because you're on you like you know with a bigger band suffocation and such but how often do you guys bus it in uh in europe so every tour, every Euro tour that Enterprise has done has been a tour exactly like this, where all four bands share the same nightliner. 
Um, as far as the, the travel logistics, it all depends on the size of the tour. You know, like a, a huge band touring over here, they'll probably have their own bus, and then the support may have their own rig. Hmm. Um, but it does make it, you know, of course, logistically easier and financially easier as well when everyone's sharing the same expense. Right. So that's the main reason why you see bands uh, of tours of this size is all share the same rig because it would be financially damn near impossible if you're having it having to do it on your own. Are yeah. You- it's, it is also super clutch knowing that everybody is going to be on time because we are all arriving at the same time. And yeah, that's good. I, we're supposed to all be leaving at the same time. Someone yeah. might get left at some point, but we're all arriving at the same time. So everybody's there to load all of our shit in. It's just one trailer. We get all the stuff out. We share a lot of the same like backline and stuff. So it is like a unique experience versus the U.S. tours where it's like every man for himself sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, here it's nice because it's like, right, we get here, it's load-in time, everybody just gets all the shit in, especially when we have, like, five flights of stairs to go up. Oh, and... boy, yeah. So it's 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 unique but fun. I appreciate it as much as I appreciate U.S. tours as well. That's cool. Um, is it ever, like, a pain? It's got to be a pain in the ass, though, to, to spend a month with, like, 20 of the same dudes and getting on each other's nerves and pulling each other's hair out. I mean, it's got to be crazy. I, I mean, I, I guess it all depends who you're talking yeah. with. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus, but obviously, you know. Right. No, uh, but I, I mean, like, so like the last tour we did over here, the, the Shadow of Intent tour, it was great because like literally everyone was just Tommies and got along. And like, yeah, that's so much fun. It just makes it great because everyone's, you know, hanging out, having a good time. Y'all, everyone's got each other's backs and, you know, it's, it's, it's usually fun. I mean, usually there's like one black sheep on every tour on like a, again no names need to be named but there's always one it seems yeah least. or someone who's more yeah, like antisocial yeah. right, and just like yeah. doesn't even like really want to hang out with everybody yeah. else like there's a lot it's a lot of clashing personalities yeah. but i feel like people who have been touring long enough know how to work with all types of different people just from touring mm-hmm. and then so when you do a bus share like this it's like if you're good at being patient and you're good at like understanding other people and not letting like petty shit get in your way, then like it's so easy to enjoy yourself because you're like, you're drunk and having a bad time. I'm gonna let you do that and I'm gonna go hang out with these guys over on the other side of the bus and yeah. we're just gonna chill. Like if you wanna be miserable, be miserable in your corner and yeah, it's usually pretty good. But... That's cool. And you guys will be over there when the new album, Death and Anthology, drops on February 2nd, which. I guess this will, let me check the schedule. This will come out next week, which is, uh, yeah, a week before your album comes out. So, Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this, give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it comes out uh, next Friday. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is this your uh, this is your first uh, Monarch heavy uh, release, right? This is your first release with them, or? It's actually our third. Oh wow! Um, it's a, my first release with the band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Because you came last year, or um, actually a year and a half now. It's 2022. I think you entered, right? Yep. Yep. So yeah, your first album as a as a cohesive unit. But I I don't know. I thought that was your first Monarch one, but oh well. Because I knew you were on like uh, Stay Sick and some other things in the past, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was but like We Are Triumphant and Stay Sick before. Yeah, like right? the, the first EP was We Are Triumphant, then it was Stay Sick for Patient Zero and Embodiment, and then the first Monarch record was Luciferous in 2019. Ah, okay. And then the surprise release, and then this one. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was writing? I mean, Gabe, do you you kind of like facilitate the writing for most of the record? Because I know you you do a lot of things for the band, whether it's mm-hmm. you were rhythm guitar and then you took over lead guitar a couple years ago and you do backing vocals and some other things too so um do you take on the brunt of the writing or is it kind of like a shared experience with all the members and such so on death and anthology was actually the first time when we as a band wrote together um uh previous to death and anthology i would always write all the instrumentation and then travis would do the vocals or dan would do all the vocals brandon would do drum things um but it was you know it used to be you know, instrumentation vocals like were written separately um, by one person. And this time we all got together for like nine days. We rented this cabin near Lake Tahoe, California. And I would say about 80, 80% of the record was written yeah. in, in in those nine days. Like I, I, I may have came in, I came in with like five or six half to almost finished songs. And then Travis had a bunch of ideas too, old ideas. Coda had ideas, Brandon had ideas. And then we just kind of, just put it all together in those nine days and penned the, the vast majority of the record, which um, it's the first time this band had, had done something like that. And it was very refreshing and uh, it was very fun. And everything ca- definitely came out um, so much uh, more unique and different than it would have if I was doing it all myself or if any of us had been individually writing on our own. Is that something that you guys decided? How did that come about? Like, how did you decide to throw a wrench in the mix and, you know, have everyone collaborate this time around? Well, I, well, this time, so with Travis and Dakota and the band, they're also guitarists and songwriters themselves. Um, I, I it, previous to them joining the band, um, no one else in the band was a songwriter, really. Mm. Um, so knowing that they're both great songwriters as well, like, it just makes sense. Uh, like, we were just like, hey, like, let's, you know, let's put our minds and forces together and, you know, um, the, the sum of the parts is greater than the individual, whatever the fuck that fucking yeah, that's so, is. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But uh, so it was like, yeah, let's let's work together, you know, to make something better than just what we could do ourselves. Oh, I thought yeah, I was, was going to say something. Oh, he is. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was cool too because, like, you know, we the the four of us, like, in, you know, me, Gabe, Brandon, and Coda, all share a lot of the same influences musically but there are a lot of vast differences between our tastes as well. Hmm. Um, so it was cool being able to merge like the side of metal that I listen to more than anybody else in the band does with like the core of like what the band already kind of sounds like under like the metal umbrella. And then same with Coda, like him and Brandon both have like unique taste in music as well. So like pulling all like the various like, kind of hidden influences from all of our listening backgrounds and even just musical backgrounds of bands that we played in and shit. Um, I feel like really did make something like so much more unique than what I think a lot of other bands are able to put out as well, just because 
most bands, it's one person who writes yeah. everything. And a lot of times it'll be one person who writes all of the instrumentation and all of the lyrics as well. And then just has a different vocalist or the vocalist writes everything and people just play it. So it was fun, like having a product that was like, we all actually did this. Like it was cool. This is like a complete amalgamation of like every single person in the band had their like stamp on it. We all have a footprint in the album somewhere and it's up to everybody else to figure out what it is. But it's cool that we all like, like some of the songs, we don't even really remember who wrote what part because it was like, well, I mean, this part's cool. I don't remember what it sounded like before. And I don't remember if you wrote it or if I wrote it and yeah. if you did something with it or like what's going on. So it's it's kind of neat that we kind of got lost in like the mix of like the writing session of just like, well, all I know is we ended up with an album. I don't remember who wrote what, but we're here now. I mean, I guess that's the best way to go about it. Not to know, you know, that way you, you can't decipher what is good or not good or bad, but you know, which parts are whose. And so if they are bad parts in your head, you won't, you know, you don't need to, right. you don't know who yeah. is guilty of that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or vice versa. If it's really good, you can think that you may have wrote it, but you didn't, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you kind of like brought to the table as far as um, what Enterprise Earth did prior, Travis? Like, cause you said you were bringing, you're bringing some other things from other styles of metal that you listen to. Are they, are they very noticeable on some of these tracks or like, you know, what, what did you yeah. bring to it? I mean, so for me, like my background with like, playing music in general like i started out as a guitar player and i played guitar in like a metalcore band when i was like 13 and then did that and i learned how to like sing and do some vocals so then i would do that while playing guitar for my band and then i just like slowly transitioned we were we were together for like i don't even know like probably like eight years or something like that before i ended up doing other things but um it was like i would slowly transition to doing like more vocals while also playing guitar. So I did a lot of metalcore back in the day. And then I like started a deathcore band with one of my best friends who I still play in bands with to this day. We've been playing music for like 10 years. Um, and like started a deathcore band because I wanted to be a vocalist. And But I also wrote all the guitar parts for that. It was just me and him who wrote everything and then our friends would just like play guitar. Um, and so coming from that background of like, I mean, I'm like 26. So my like introduction to deathcore was a lot later than most of the people that we tour with or like other like bands that I have a lot of respect for were like around for such an early generation of that and mm -hmm. I had a little bit later of a generation of that so the like writing style from me is pretty different because I include a lot of like the metalcore stuff and then a lot of like I don't want to say newer deathcore compared to now but newer deathcore compared to like when Gabe heard deathcore for the first time, you know, it's like totally different like stages of the genre. Um, so that, and then vocally, I feel like the only thing that I really like bring to it that's different is just that I try to like have a lot of variation in like my vocal range. Um, so I don't really like stick to one thing 90% of the time I like have my comfort zones, mm -hmm. but um, I try to do like new stuff on the album and like include some of the things that people like to hear but also including just most of the things that I like wanted to hear from myself versus us like trying to cater to a crowd by being like, Oh, I'm going to do all these crazy things. And like, you're not gonna be able to understand any of it, but here's me being crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's fun just to do some, like you can understand what I'm saying vocals. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Um, before, not, not to, uh, not to divert from your vocal ability, Travis, but prior <laughs> to Travis getting into the band, uh, Gabe, because you do backup vocals and you, you know, you, 
uh, yada yada. Did you ever think about taking over the reins when Dan stepped out, or did you always want to just remain the guitar player and just do backup vocals and stuff like that? I never had a desire to be like vocals of this band, <laughs> A, because I do not want to have to sing and play all these parts all at once. Okay. Uh, difficult. Um, also, like, I, I'm not like I'm not a harsh vocalist. I can't. I don't have tones like he has or Dan has. I, I I can sing. I can yell, but that's about it. I can't do everything that you know the vocalist of this band needs to do um in addition to not being i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah, it's always good yeah it's probably better to have travis do it since he's got more of a uh uh not career but like you know experience at it so yeah, that's yeah, always yeah. good he, he, he's a vocalist. i am not a vocalist you know like i i can sing i i say i would sing in front of one of my old bands but that's i'm not trying to do that here <laughs> so um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to get on YouTube and get some tutorials or something like that on how to do this, that, or the other. Um, I'm, I'm good on all that. <laughs> and plus, you got you added another backup vocalist too with Dakota, to, so you you share the share the burden, so to speak, of the vocal ability. Right. Yeah. We're yeah we're spreading that out, which is uh, which is super fun. And yeah, you know, I'm happy to add my voice where wherever it is appropriate. You know. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, we we like adding lots of textures to our music. So whatever yeah. feels right, we're we're happy to do it. So. Does this feel more like? Uh, does Death and Anthology feel more of a complete package of what Enterprise Earth is currently and what it will be going forward than it has been in the past? Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I feel like with every release that Enterprise has done since I've been in the band, we've you know grown and matured and evolved to the next step. And with every album Lucifer's chosen, now Death and Anthology, it's like, oh, this is the next level up. This feels great. This is the next level up. This feels great. Now this is the next level up. This feels great. Um, which is I you know I, I hope I can always say that you know because yeah. that means we're always growing and you know getting better and you know. Uh, and still having fun and enjoying ourselves. And then this time in particular, like we mentioned earlier, just writing together was, uh, that was so refreshing and, you know, un unlocked and opened new doors for us as well. So, um, yeah, this is definitely the best, best version of, of Enterprise, you know, so far. And I hope, again, I, can, I hope I can say that with every album that we, that we release. Right. Um, and because you guys, the frequency of your releases in the last couple of years has been, you know, back to back almost. You had the one in 2002 and now you're getting another one next week. Um, is it, e do you think it's easier for you guys to just not like churn out material, but like create material? And do you think that your frequency is going to remain on this trajectory or do you, you don't have, you don't have a thing where like a set schedule of like, we need to release every two years or three years or four years just comes naturally. Or what do you think it's going to be going forward? Um, I mean, because we self-produce, that does enable us to write and produce, create music more frequently, um, which is great. Like, I love doing that. I love having the ability to do that. Um, and that's something that, you know, I think we definitely want to do moving forward is just always be able to create and produce stuff, um, whether it be an album or just singles or an EP. Um, we can we can just, hey, like, we have time. Let's do it. You know, like, and uh yeah, I think that's really cool, and I it's cool to see, especially in this modern age where, you know, someone can create a commercially viable product with a laptop in their bedroom, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, we have the ability to do that, and um, yeah, that's I, I think that's something that's one of our strong suits is we can just create music and just fucking do it. So. Yeah, a lot of this, like, I mean, I write music constantly when I'm home too, whether it's for this band or any variation of any project. I just like to write music. So a lot of 
and I know code is the same way. Like as, as soon as we like get into like a writing mode, it's like, we're just going to start pumping shit out and whatever works for the band or whatever feels like it's right for enterprise we use and move forward and do that. So I think the like writing frequency and the release frequency after this will stay pretty consistent just cause we all do like, I mean, we all enjoy it a lot. So mm -hmm. I don't want to like, I never want to put a time stamp on something that I feel doesn't deserve it. Like it's, you know, if, if you're like, if you're a legacy band, you only have to put out a record every four years. Right. And if you, you know, like Meshuggah, they can put out a record every five, six years and people are going to be equally as hyped for it. It's going to get the same amount of traction, but it's like, you can take your time to do stuff like that. But I feel like in the stage of life that we're all in and the stage of our career too, being able to just put out music kind of whenever the fuck we want is really sick because it just shows like uh, how easily bands can evolve as mm -hmm. well. Um, which is something that I look forward to a lot is just like wondering what, like as, it's basically as soon as this album was done and we had like Gabe finished like the final mixes and mastering and everything. I was like, all right, when are we going to start writing the next one? Cause like, <laughs> I'm ready. Like I'm ready to like build off of this. Like, what are we going to do now that is like better than what we just did? Yeah. How much of a, like how much of a, like a drag is that? Cause you, obviously you do have to give, you know, the fans and the audience some time to sit with this new record, yeah. but you know, you're itching and wanting to go. So like, and another thing is I wanted to ask too, is you spent nine days in the cabin cranking out the material, like how much of that material made the, the final cut and how much didn't, and that you're still working on to maybe tweak and do something for the next stuff, you know? Yeah, like, honestly, I'd say probably like a good 85% of what we wrote or brought to the cabin stayed. And then, but we also did write a lot of like completely fresh material there. But I mean, for example, like uh, the song Casket of Rust, the one of the main riffs in that song and the like the first variation of like the acoustic intro, I wrote that when I was like 15 years old and it just never made it into a song that I like fully recorded there's plenty of demos of like different versions of the riff but we can sit on music as long as we want and if it if it still holds up now with like some tweaks and stuff then it's like i mean i have i have songs that i've written yeah like you know five six seven years ago where i'm like these are still kind of cool if yeah. i was like you know like you grow as a songwriter so you change a couple things and then move forward or like switch the tuning up add a different you know any any sort of variation to the to the riff in general and um so i feel like we don't really get like itchy about it but one of the perks is that we do tour a lot so that keeps us from being able to like have dedicated time to right. write record release so a lot of the the like album cycle with giving it time to breathe and giving people time to like if they don't like it on first listen but they heard it six months later and they're like oh you know what this album fucks i like yeah. should have given fans a while ago giving that kind of space is really easy to do when you tour as much as we do we've been pretty non-stop since i started touring with the band like two years um, yeah two years ago two years yeah, yeah. i mean you, you joined and, you joined live in like what 21 because you took over for dan before dan yeah. left really so you were you were like the guy on stage for i guess a good chunk of 21 and 22 yeah it was from september of 2021 all the way up until now yeah so yeah, it's it's been it's been a minute because I think I like officially joined like publicly in the summer of 2022. Um, we I had just been I had been doing it for like almost a year at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, with the with the ability and the ease you guys can create materials, do you think you'll always 
do these albums or do you think that you'll ever just do single, single, singles, you know, cause in the day and age of like TikTok and short attention spans and, you know, yeah. content ingesting and just being, staying relevant with your audience and fan base too. Like, do you ever think about releasing like say an album's 12 songs, you can release a new song every year. I'm sorry, every month of the year and stay relevant. Do you ever think about doing that or play with that idea? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you, you you do see a lot of artists doing that these days. More people in metal started starting to do it more too. You know, obviously, it's, it's been very common in pop and hip hop for a right. long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think we can do both, um, and I think we would continue to do both because mm-hmm. the 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 nice thing, or the, an interesting thing about I think metal in particular, um, uh, or any genre of music or any artist that like has puts like a lot of energy and intention and integrity in their music is like, I feel like an album, a whole body of work is still greatly appreciated by the fan base and in metal in particular, people right. still appreciate an album. That being said, um, releasing singles and EPs, you know, smaller chunks of music is also completely viable and also great too. Um, something that we've talked about recently is, you know, like with our sound, we, we tend to, we pull from a lot of in- influences. Sometimes it's all over the place for better, for worse, <laughs> but we, uh, we've, yeah, uh, we've, we've talked about, okay, what if we did like an EP, like a three to five song EP, but it's all got the same vibe, you know, like, and put something like a smaller cohesive, uh, offering out, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could also just you know crank out a single every month you know we could also and then we can if we have six months then that's the time to write an album maybe you know and do a full body of work that you know people i guess to loop back to the beginning people i'm grateful that people still appreciate full bodies of work right um because from an artistic standpoint um you know a a single does capture where you are at that point in time but a, a whole album i feel like captures it's uh it's a more intense period of time. Yeah. Um, do my best to describe this as, as best as I can, but like it, uh, it captures a larger, more intense, more authentic, honest uh, spectrum of that artist or artist that collective as a whole in that period of time. And um, I, I love seeing that from artists. Um, I love doing that and providing that as an artist. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thankful that metal is still a genre that appreciates a full body of work. Too. Yeah, I think, I think like. LPs as a whole are like I consider them much more like historical pieces of music you know it's like this was a full album that came out during this time that like changed something and it's always been like I feel like whenever there's been a big shift in any genre it's been when a full record has come out and not really from a single nowadays it's a little bit different just because like a band can put out one song and change everything you know like Lorna put out to the hellfire and it like changed literally everything there was an ep attached to it but the single itself changed everything whereas before it was a lot more of just like you know metallica put out the black album and it was like oh well everything's different now you know so Uh like i i do have a lot of like respect for full-length records but i do think that you know like like Abe said like i i love that people still appreciate them in metal in particular but I think that the realm is moving further and further away from that because of the attention span and nobody wants to listen to an hour of the same band anymore. Mm. Like even live people have a hard time staying for an hour long set of a band. Are you going to go home and listen to a full like 60 minute record from that band? 
most likely not. There's going to be like three songs on there that they skip every time. And as an artist, I personally would rather put out a more condensed body of work where people are going to enjoy every single second of it than have any sort of filler in there, which can still make itself into a full length record. If you're like, wow, now I have like 12 songs that I don't think there's any filler in here at all. There's no like song that was almost on the chopping block, but I think the times have changed a lot. So the, the, uh, the ability to put out singles and have them be received or put out EPs and have them be received. It's paid off well for spirit box. I mean, that's exactly what they've been doing other than eternal blue. It was all, it was just a shitload of singles yep. and then the album and then the new EP after that, which is great. But um, yeah, it's interesting how it's all like shifted now. Yeah. That's why I was spirit box is a great example because again, they were one that did that for, a, you know, well the pandemic obviously probably helped uh, not helped, but um, you know, allowed allowed a lot of people to do a lot of things, write a lot of things, yeah. put out a lot of things. So, I didn't want to say it helped because obviously it was a sucking. It sucked. Right. But, you know, it helped with like art and stuff like that going forward. If you were trying to do singles and stuff like that and EPs on your own, like how does that in- incorporate with the label you're currently with? Like, do they have a say in what's released when you release it, or do you just come to them and be like, "We have this done, or we have these tracks done, or this EP, this single." Like, if, could you do whatever you want on your own, or do you have to go through, you know, Monarch and stuff like that? So, I mean, being signed to a label, um, pros and cons, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as everyone, uh, and, and I'll start off by like Monarch has always been great to us. You know, like as far as labels goes, they ne- they've never been very restrictive. You know, they've always been very encouraging of us, and have they're very nice people there too. Nice, like you know, hardworking people there. And um, I have lots of good th- good things to say about them. But um, at the same time, like, uh, you know, labels are restrictive in the sense it's, you know, uh, when you sign to a label, you are signing up, let's be real, signing up for a very shitty loan. Yeah. Um, which uh, they're aware. They're aware of that. No one, yeah, no everybody one, knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, labels are aware of that, too. I've had conversations with people, label people about this. You know, there's no hiding anything these days, which is nice. It's more transparent than how it used to be. Um, but coming with that, you know, a label is loaning you X amount of dollars to create this album, you know, record art videos, all that stuff. Um, and you know, if I was loaning someone a shit ton of money, I would want to have a say in where that money was being used and how it was being allocated. You know, of course, you know, it's cause I'm investing in this product, if you will. Right. Um, so, um, with that being said, you know, they, you know, can dictate, okay, like, hey, you know, like, and al- only an album goes towards our contract, you know, singles don't go towards our contract. It's not like we could just release 12 singles and that counts as an album, you know, it has to right. be an album because that's the way they operate. Um, so um, in, in a sense, that is that is restrictive towards us because it's like, oh, we can't just do this and this and that be- because, you know, they own the rights to our music. So we have to go through them to release it. Mm, okay. um, so yeah, I guess that is a, a caveat of being signed to a label. The perk is, you know, they give you money to do cool things if you don't yeah. have if you don't have your own money. Um, but if you have your own money, um, if you can build your band and your business to the point uh, to where you know you can keep the ball rolling comfortably, then you can do things yourselves these days. And uh, that's what, like labels are also aware that 
people can be completely independent and be completely successful these days as well. Um, yep. Nothing against labels at all. Like I said, we're, we we wouldn't be have been able to do the things we do without Monarch. Like yeah, they, they've there been, for a reason. Yeah, they, they've been pivotal pivotal towards our growth. Um, uh, but also like. Uh, being an independent artist also allows you to just literally do whatever you want. You know, you, you completely steer the ship the way you want to do it. And, you know, uh, you reap the benefit, all the benefits, but you also suffer all the consequences as well, you know, financially, business wise, all that stuff. So that's the risk you take. But it is also really cool seeing a lot of bands, a lot of our peers that we've toured with too, who are independent bands, um, grow to the point where like, it's like, wow, like they're just, they're doing great. You know, their bills are paid every month off their streaming royalties. They are generating uh, passive income with their streaming, you know, cause it just, you just keep putting out songs and it just, just keeps growing and building and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's really cool to see and have the ability to do that these days where it, as in the past, the labels and the managers were the gatekeepers to the industry and now, thanks to the internet and just times have changed, people have evolved. Yeah. Everything's the industry's evolved. Um, those walls are completely broken down. And if you, you know, make the right moves and work hard enough and stick to it long enough, you can you can do it all yourself. True, very true. Uh, speaking, of, we were talking about the cohesiveness of a record and uh, the differences between like some things you might try on an EP or or an LP. Uh, what are some directions that because you guys are an extreme metal slash deathcore band, uh, what are some directions that you would like to tap into or, or go? Not fully, obviously, just to explore, like maybe yeah. on a single or or an EP. What are what are some other? I don't want to say genres, but other directions that you guys would like to dabble in in the future. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been talking a lot recently about, I mean, honestly, even since before we started writing death man anthology, we have been talking about what we wanted the band's like sonic evolution to be like. Mm -hmm. um, But after the album, especially we've been just like going over stuff. Like, you know, we've, we've been wanting to schedule another writing session and get all in the same room together without there being a tour happening and, you know, just sit down and like pay attention to the music. And um, I'm like super into like video game and movie soundtracks and like the like kind of like sound design that's involved with stuff like that um and we also all have like a bit of a fascination with like like world music and just very like eclectic types of like instrumental music so bringing some like interesting stuff like that over to what we do and then incorporating like just like really heavy dark metal with all this other like almost very like odd sounding shit in the background is something that I really want to fuck with and like just see what even if even if nothing comes out of it but we can see what we're able to create with that um it would just be super fun and like liberating as a songwriter to be like all right you know we're gonna like try something completely different for us that like doesn't alienate fan bases by being like oh they're not a deathcore band anymore they're not a metal band in general anymore like sticking within the umbrella of our realm but trying to do something that like nobody else really does too often yeah and how yeah. hard how i'm sorry go ahead finish gabe go ahead oh yeah i mean like doing what travis just said you know exploring new territories that we've been talking and thinking about a lot and then that i feel like coupled with and i and i guess this is how one goes about uh dick um building upon what you've already done without completely alienating, you know, fan, your fan base or completely, completely departing from what you've done in the past is 
taking that and then building upon what you've already done too, like refining and uh, refining what we're already doing to do it better. And then to, in, and that, I feel like that by refining, it also allows to integrate the new features as well. Yeah. Um, to get, yeah, you know, gain a broader perspective of, you know, what we, you know, what we need to sound like, where we need to go. Um, and, but still have it be organic, like in, incorporating these new, new elements while keeping it organic and, you know, organic, familiar and fresh, mm. you know, I guess. Yeah. You know. I see it more as like setting a challenge on yeah, yourself as a songwriter too, where yeah. it's like, you're still like, like if I sit down to play, like if I want to write, like I, I have like another deathcore band and I write all like 90% of the guitars for that. And when I sit down to like write riffs for that band, I know pretty much exactly what it's going to sound like when I sit down to do it. Cause I have a very like particular writing style when it comes to that. I have a very particular writing style when it comes to all subgenres of music that I write. <laughs> uh, but sitting down, knowing that it's going to be this, right? Like I can like paint a picture, at least the outline of what I know it's going to end up like, but then challenging myself to fill in the details with something completely different than what I would normally do if I just sat down and like brainlessly wrote a song which it's still going to come out as my playing, my tastes, my experiences, but being really intentional about setting a challenge on yourself as a songwriter is something that I like really would love for us to do. And um, I mean, we even did it on the last album too. We would sit down and be like, all right, this is cool, but what can we do to like challenge ourselves to make this different? Like what would we normally do here? Let's try something else mm -hmm. instead. Mm, yeah. What, where can deathcore go and where where's the direction going yeah. for deathcore right because it seems like because uh, you guys are talking about adding new things and new elements and such and such and yeah. like you know it doesn't happen that often to where like you said earlier you have a band like lauren shore come in and they shook up the whole game with with the hellfire uh so like you know because some people to the to the layman who doesn't listen to deathcore and whatnot it all sounds the same right so right. wh what is the trajectory in your eyes where Deathcore is going and can go? It's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a loaded <laughs> yeah. question. It is, yeah. yeah. It, um, I, I feel like, I mean, so metal in general, I feel like has always been the all-encompassing genre. Like you, right. you can take anything and make it metal. You can take fucking uh, like country and turn it metal you can take pop and make it metal you can take out edm and make it metal yeah. you know yeah and, and people are uh, and people are but classical music you know anything really like um jazz you know blues whatever you know it can all go into this metal takes it all in you know and i feel in particular um like deathcore is evolving in this way to where it's becoming an all-encompassing genre as well you know like there's there, i feel like there's a lot of bands in our genre that are just you, you know deathcore started mid-2000s if you want to get into deathcore lore like you know mid-2000s with you know like all shall perish the mm -hmm. joffrey boys stuff like that where it was yeah. um i guess not one dimensional but it was pretty straightforward you know yeah. like um and then it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew um and started taking on more things and evolving and transforming and now you know there's bands like Lorna Shore that you know it's like fucking Nightwish and Sonata Artica mixed with like Death Deathcore right. and it's fucking badass you know and then like we're all over the place and then there's other bands that are doing really cool interesting shit as well yeah I mean like Humanity's Last Breath has taken like yeah. a completely different take on Deathcore yeah. as well yeah. and 
been and like I I see a lot of like the expansion of deathcore I think is just going to be the things that I like I I'm I'm like kind of an ass about this I don't <laughs> think there's anything new at all in music whatsoever there are only you know there's only so many notes right. you can only play so many fucking times you know but I think that where deathcore can go I'm not sure where it's going to go but where I think it can go is that the things that aren't I feel like this is always how it works too is that the things that aren't as popular right now are going to rise to the top again at some point and like i mean right now we're seeing like this massive uptick in like bands trying to sound like og deathcore you know like like mm. you know there's like so many bands that sound like the first suicide silence record and there's like five bands right now that are blowing up that all sound like the first suicide silence record so like it's you know we're seeing these like waves of shit coming back and then falling down again and then like at some point a version's crown's tyrant album is what everybody's going to be writing and that's what's going to be popular again in 12 years and then it's going to fall back down again and there's going to be something else like i think deathcore is just going to go in this same like ouroboros like cycle where it eats itself out of the ass yeah. and then it spits itself back out and yeah. does something else <clears throat> We all like the same shit, so it can only go so far. It's, it's interesting because I feel like uh, things things work in cycles, like you did, like an Ouroboros yep. of things, and it, 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 it there's never like a set amount of years or time. But I feel like it's like every twenty to thirty years, things cycle. Yeah. And now we're seeing for about twenty years since Deathcore came about, it's have it's having its from it's the fucking hate from, it, from, yeah. from, from the golden era of deathcore in the mid 2000s now it's fucking bigger than it ever was uh, yeah. you saw that with metalcore you know kind of certain oh yeah too. you saw that with uh even kind of like new metal in a way too there's yeah. like it, like <laughs> it a, is coming back a lot of people that sound like limp biscuit and deftones you know like when that was popping off in the early 2000s yeah 20 years it's yeah. every about every like, 20 like years once yeah. something becomes vintage it's popular yeah. again yes. yeah. yeah and so we're Waiting for the next like vintage yeah. era to become yeah. popular. Yeah. yeah, I I asked that because you know Deathcore did get it did get a big run there in the uh, mid two thousands, early two thousand tens, but also had a sharp fall off. It I felt like for for a yeah. while there, and you know I don't know what the cause for that was. Maybe because like I don't know the gimmick of it just ran dry, I guess, and people were yeah. wanting more or something. But it's been wild to see it just in the last handful of years come raging back. Obviously you have bands like one Shore and other like yada, yada helping that. But you know, it's crazy. I, I, I've never seen something in a, that short of a span of time, like fall off and come back it, musically right. in a genre of wise, yeah. you know? I mean, even, even at that too, like we're seeing a massive rise in, in things just like gaining like crazy popularity in general. I mean, like sleep token just outstreams Metallica and, nobody knew about that band three fucking years ago and now they stream better than metallica does like they're we're seeing these crazy crazy rises in people like latching on to like heavy music in general i know they're not always heavy i'd like love every album from that band but people are latching on to just this like really visceral type of music because it's i feel like i mean it's like I don't know. It's kind of hard to, to like describe fully, but I feel like with just where everybody's at in their life and where the world is at the moment and where it's been, but people are seeing it more often now. Um, I like it. You kind of need something that is equally as visceral as some of the actual shit that like happens in our lives to mm -hmm. like cope. 
you know, at, at, at your core, it's music is really just like coping for most people. Sure. Um, so I feel like that's been kind of a big deal about it too, is that people are like, Oh, this like makes me feel better about how fucking awful everything is. So like, I'm going to listen to this band. That's like the most extreme thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's what happens. And a visceral is, is the perfect word to describe it. And like mm-hmm. the, the energy of, metal is unmatched i feel like you know like unique like you go to a metal show the only thing that gets remotely close is like edm you know like that's the only thing that gets close you know um but like the energy of a metal show is unmatched and i feel like that energy is like extremely addictive you know and it's um because it's so visceral because it's so raw because yeah it's that dopamine it's it's just like that feeling of yeah this, this i'll save it again visceral energy um and you know that i feel like that's what hooks a lot of people even if you take like a normie as we would call them to a <laughs> show, yeah. and um you take a normie to a metal show and even if they're not super into it yeah i feel like a lot of them were like wow that was like really fucking cool yeah like yeah i can't understand what he's saying but like yeah this this is like really fucking cool like i i get it now i understand yeah. and i feel like you're starting to see more and more of that and you see bands like sleep token and spirit box that have that are much more approachable than you know extreme death metal bands Mm -hmm. um and that's getting more people more normies uh into this genre of music which is fucking so cool because we're in this very niche genre of music you know yeah um but it's such a powerful and it's such an honest genre of music too that i feel like people are um really you people really resonate and appreciate it once yeah once you get into it yeah um awesome to see it grow and explode and see seeing bands explode even if there's super young bands you know yep. like bands that have only been bands for three years explode and it's like well that's fucking cool because now anyone yeah anyone can fucking do it you know? absolutely but, well anyone yeah. can do it that's the thing i think anyone can do it you know you you write stuff you write stuff in your band studio and put it out so you know what i mean you can do it anywhere right. and put it out anywhere it doesn't matter but you know i and speaking of those bands like those huge bands like sleep token spirit box like even though they might not be for everybody, um, you know, in the heavy world or non-heavy world, there's a place, like I try to tell people, I, I used to like not like certain bands and, you know, for whatever reason, but as I grew older, I was like, you know, there's a place and there's a place for everything. And those bands have a place where, like you said, they're getting more people into our little world. So, absolutely, you know, it might not be for me or this person or that person or, the, you know, that group over there may love it. And they may not know about you guys or any of the bands that we love. So hopefully those people are like, you know, falling down the Plinko uh, board and finding a band at the end of it. That's not somewhat as as uh, palatable as, you know, those bands are. But yeah, I just I just went on like a rant about this not that long ago with some friends of mine, just about how like, you know, there's all these like gateway bands now, which is great. And I feel like most of the like shit that they get it's just like everybody's like oh you know i just like i just don't like what they do and it's like okay well like there's it doesn't separate the fact that it's still art and like not all art is made for you not all art is made for me and like but if that art that wasn't made for you connects a different person to your art then like why are we shitting on it yeah you know like good for them is good for us like the amount of people who got into like even just like like even the amount of kids that got into hardcore after seeing bands like Gulch pop off on TikTok from yeah. like live videos and shit, you know, it was like these kids go out to these local shows 
And then now the look like I'm I'm from California, like Northern California. And right now the underground like local scene in pretty much all of NorCal and like the Bay Area included, um, is massive. It is huge, dude. Yeah. We've seen like nothing like it for decades. Yeah, I agree. And my, like my partner lives I, in, in San Francisco, so Yeah. Like when I started going to shows when I was like twelve, I had never seen anything like what the shows are right now. And like just you know, I and there's like there's like this massive rise in all this shit, but it's leading them to all kinds of other bands too, because they're like, you know, we're seeing a lot of like mixed bill stuff mm-hmm. going on now too, which like wasn't I mean, it had its time for a while. There was like a lot of like hardcore and pop punk bands would tour together, like Story So Far and Terror would do tours right. together all the time. But I feel like we're seeing a lot more crossover now too, where like even just the members of those bands have another band that isn't like that. And we're just connecting people all over the place. And then one, you know, we got the whole like Spotify, like related artists thing too. That's also been a massive connector for people. But yeah, it's just been really sick, like watching all of this happen. And I've tried to like gain more of an appreciation for other people's art, even if it's not something that I'm into, just because it absolutely has the possibility to lead people to other kinds of art. And just because it's not made for me doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. But it took me a long time to get that mindset. I'll just be honest with you. It took me a long time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know, it, 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 you're, you're right because, and again, like you, you mentioned it as art, it's doing what it's, even if I don't like it, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Here I am talking about it with other people lamenting. Right. I might be lamenting about it or da- you know, uh, downing it, but I'm still talking about it. And someone else is learning about that band. They may okay. go check that band out and have a completely different idea. And they'd be like, Oh, I love this band. And I'm like, Oh, you know, but again, yeah, right. I only that hope part. that they fall down the cracks. I, that's my thing. I just, Wherever you're at, just fall down the cracks. And it's not that hard to find more of what you like, especially nowadays, you know, with the internet. And like you said, Spotify, uh, similar artists and all this stuff and the algorithms and blah, blah, blah. Smart shuffle. I mean, those are great tools to find new bands or, or I mean, like, I don't know how many people still visit websites like Lamb Goat and stuff for new music, but there are outlets out there that do that too. So I only hope that they fall down, you know, the, the cracks. That's all. Absolutely. And even just people finding like, like when I would get into a band when I was younger, I would like look up what other bands those members were in before they were in that band, just in case it was like similar. And I liked the other stuff too, or like trying to ask my other friends, like who were older than me and had been listening to these bands. I'm like, dude, where did these guys get this from? Like who sounded like this before them? Or did they start this? And like finding new music like that, which I feel like has also helped a lot with this resurgence and like older bands making a comeback. Right. Like I know, I know job for cowboy has been like coming back for a while, but yeah. even with them, like being able to dude, I was like side stage at blue Ridge watching them play and the crowd was fucking massive. And it was insane. Just like for a band that hadn't played a show in what, like 10 years or something, yeah, like, that. something like that, like coming back and being like, yeah, we're going to play this festival and it's going to be like we never stopped like but i feel like a lot of that is is like partially owed to people finding these newer bands and then having even just like discussions with people on like reddit you know like yeah. i'm like i'm in the like deathcore subreddit a lot and um just like watching people you know send all these recommendations and like job for cowboys always in there someone's like oh i really like this band what can I find that sounds like that? Whereas like, go listen to these older bands, like appreciate the music more, appreciate where it came from, appreciate like the elders who kind of like 
built all this shit that we yeah. do now that we're like low-key bastardizing to an extent um, you know so it's it's cool i feel like it's it's helped a lot with like kind of breathing some life back into the bands that like we owe a lot of our shit to yeah when i was younger i definitely definitely didn't listen to the older bands and like i've you know, when I first got into metalcore, it was like early 2000s, right? So, like, you have all those bands like Poison the Well and Every Time I Die and the Trust Kill Ferret cycle of bands, right? That was like yeah. my metalcore. But then, like, it wasn't until recently, in the last like five, seven years, I started listening to like real early metalcore in the 90s. I'm like, oh, this is fucking where all that, and, like, I, get, I, I can hear it. It's like this, all the bands I love sound exactly like Dead Guy or, yeah. you know, some other fucking band. So, I'm like, Oh, I get it now. And so now I listen I I listen to those early uh bands more than I do the newer bands, but I don't know. I could yeah. be older too, so that might be why. Um also not not to cut anything short because we're having a great conversation, no, no. but we are dealing with like base thing right now. Yeah, I, I, I have to call the airline. I, I, I have to call the airline soon before. No, you're all good. You're all good. I was gonna cut it off anyway. We've already gone we've already gone an hour. So you know what I mean? Okay. It goes by quick, man. Yeah, so- no, it's been awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, I thought you guys were, I was going to cut you off because uh, you were probably like seven, eight hours ahead of me or whatever. So you probably jet lagged and wanting to go to bed in general. So I was going to yeah. cut it anyway, Gabe. But oh, I, good. If we didn't have fucking baseball shit, I'd talk to you as long as you want. <laughs> no, I mean, that's very important. You got you got to get that situated for, you know, the next 31 days. So by all means, yeah. you're allowed to cut yeah. it off. We have to figure this out. So before yeah. we <laughs> But it was great talking to both of you, Travis and Gabe. Uh, good luck on the rest of your tour. And I know you guys got another tour lined up when you get home, so there's no stopping whatsoever. Um, and if you're listening to this still at the end of this podcast in two days, I guess, on February 2nd, Death and Anthology comes out on Monarch. So go ahead and pick that up, stream it, do whatever. Uh, and like I said, they'll be on tour. Who you go on tour with when you come back? Uh, we are headlining. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who are you bringing out? Oh, in- Infury, Crown Mag- Magnetor, and Tracheotomy. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, the Death and Anthology North American tour. Uh, cannot wait to play all these new songs yep. in our home in Canada. Get a ticket. All right. Thanks for hanging with me today. And like I said, good luck on your tour and the uh, new album. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for having appreciate us. your time. Yeah, it's been great. Have a good one, guys. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there